Welcome to episode 42 of the Tough Draw Talks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hughes. Appreciate you being along for the ride. Today, we are coming to you from Choctaw Casinos and Resorts in Durant, Oklahoma, during the Durant Pro Rodeo. They have provided us an amazing location to record these podcasts, and we couldn't be more thankful for their involvement. A world-class resort with 1,700 rooms, 7,400 slots, 100 table games, a new resort pool spanning three acres, and a huge entertainment venue that showcases some of the best musicians in the world. Choctaw is definitely the place to be. Before we get started, we appreciate the hospitality Choctaw has shown, but we also need to give a very big thank you and shout out to our presenting sponsor this year, the Lane Frost brand. We appreciate everything Stetson and the Frost family has done for us at Tough Draw on all of our ventures, including this podcast. Be sure and visit lanefrost.com for some amazing hats, shirts, and everything Lane Frost, and to celebrate one of the greatest legacies rodeo and sports in general has ever known. Be sure and use our discount code TDT15 to save on your next order. Today, we have the unique opportunity to sit down with an athlete that doesn't call the dirt his arena, but is no stranger to hard work and what it takes to be great on and off the field. OU legend, multi-time pro bowler and all pro, Super Bowl champion, right tackle with the Philadelphia Eagles, Lane Johnson. Lane, how you doing today, man? Doing good. Made a little trip uh, out east, and uh, man, been a good day so far. Heck yeah, man! No, we we thank you very much for coming. We look forward to going to the rodeo tonight up there in Durant. Yeah, and me too. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, with these podcasts, we always like to do a little icebreakers just to kind of shake the nerves off and get talking. But uh, we've kind of we put a spin on them this time since we're at Choctaw. Yeah. So, all right. So downstairs, they have a big music venue. Yep. What artist do you, would you pick in any artist, any genre to see down in the big grand theater at Choctaw? Ooh, uh, probably here, uh, just a classic. I'd probably do George Strait. Um, somebody modern would be probably Morgan Wallen. So keep up with now, uh, Cody <laughs> Johnson, yep. uh, Parker McCollum. Um, but yeah, I'm going with George. But country music, right? Yeah. Got to hear that country music. Absolutely, man. All right. So, football player, superstitions or pregame rituals or anything that you do? Um... Or are you superstitious? Uh, I kind of like to clean my hotel room before I leave. (laughs) Like, I try try to make it just a super mess. I try to clean up the trash and, and, and halfway have the room pretty decent before I leave. Other than that, though, like, as far as the music, like, I kind of got away from that. Now it's more like I'll play Sudoku before games or I'll do, like, concentration grids on my phone. <laughs> and just, you know, I try – it's not really uh, – yeah, it is – It is. Uh, it's, it's, it's a job. It is fun, but at the same time, I, I try to get too emotional with it because I feel like that might, you know, hinder your performance sometimes. You kind of lose focus if you get too hype or too, too low. Absolutely, man. So – I don't know if you know this, but Choctaw downstairs has some really nice renovated theaters where they got the full recliners and all that, right? All right. If you can pick just any movie through history, what movie are you putting on the big screen? Mm. I think Shawshank was voted like the number one movie of all time. I love Shawshank. That'd be one of them. (laughs) I might do Forrest Gump because I feel like maybe a lot of people can relate to to him and just, uh, yeah, I thought thought that was a great film. Absolutely, yeah. man. Both of those films you named, though, are awesome. Yeah. Shawshank's definitely in my top five. Yeah. Like, absolutely love that movie. Um, all right, what's your favorite thing to do in the off season? 
Uh, man, I like to I like to stay training. Like I don't see that really as like a chore. It's more <laughs> of like a something you do. Uh, but I like to fish. Um, so I have a place out there uh, north of Guthrie. Uh, my dad's on, so I like to fish with him. And you know he has a crappie set up, so we'll do that. And Heck yeah, and I just see the kids and uh, relax a little bit before you know it's like two two different worlds. One's full full go, and then the off season is totally different. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this is always the one I like to wrap up the icebreakers with mm. because I think it, it always just kind of sets the table real nice. All right. What's the best compliment you have ever received? You got a nice bald head for, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess a recent memory. Recent you got memory. lucky. You got lucky you could pull off a bald head. <laughs> got a nice shaped head, right? Yeah. People, yeah. when I used to shave my head, people always said that too. And I, I had some friends in high school, and you've probably seen this a lot, yeah. especially in the NFL. Bigger guys with the wrinkles in their head. Yeah, yeah. I call them the hot dog pack. <laughs> there you go. Like a hot dog. That's pack right. Yeah. That's right. So no, I appreciate you jumping in there with me on those icebreakers. Those are always kind of fun, and give a little bit of a shout out there to to Choctaw for setting us up. Uh, so a lot of people may be wondering your fit on the podcast with me since this is kind of a rodeo based podcast, yeah. Western culture based, but I want to fill them in a little bit. So you, you were gracious enough to sit down with us for an interview for the upcoming Lane Frost documentary, mm -hmm. which we'll get to. Um, you're a big fan of the sport of rodeo in general and bull riding specifically. And then also you have the amazing connection with the Lane Frost brand. So those are some things that I just want the audience to know, and we'll kind of pull back the layers on some of these things. But, but first, like, let's just start at the beginning with you. So let's talk about growing up in Texas. So you go from growing up in Texas, you know, had some famous, some other celebrities at high school with you, mm -hmm. and then you went, ended up at OU. Now here you are in the NFL. Um, talk a little bit about just your background and where you came from and kind of your upbringing. Yeah, so I I uh, moved to Cold Springs uh, whenever I was five. So I went from there from kindergarten to eighth grade. Uh, did a lot of basketball. I mean, mostly all sports, baseball. Then started getting serious with football, like come junior high. Yeah. Um, yeah, but growing up, my dad uh, did construction. Uh, my mom got her degree in criminal justice, so she worked with the prison systems there in Livingston and Huntsville. Uh, but yeah, my dad's family uh, grew up, uh, you know, having a cattle business. Uh, and also they train racehorses. So my Very uncle cool. was in Kentucky for a few years. Um, and yeah, I guess my dad was actually a jockey in high school. So he was like six foot, really skinny. <laughs> and then when he graduated, he shot up to six, six. So that's pretty weird. But yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, he was my influence as far as rodeo. He, he liked to bull ride or he was a bull rider. Um, used to ride in gillies a lot Heck down yeah. there. Um, yeah. And what was unique, yeah, was his height. You know, he's 6'6". You don't see too many tall guys doing that. So, like, yeah. he was a good athlete. And, uh, yeah, so just being around that atmosphere, uh, I felt like it was was cool. I just envied how uh, – you know, it just takes a lot of courage to get out there and do what they do. So, I always envied that. And uh, just the people that, that are associated with Rody, I feel like they're really uh, down-to-earth, uh, humble, nice people. And uh, yeah, you can't meet enough of those. Absolutely, man. That's kind of a rare thing these days. Sometimes it feels like. Um, 
So interesting fact, I don't know if you knew this, but so the the horse racing background that you're talking about, I don't know if you knew this, but Tuff Hedeman grew up in El Paso and mm. his family, his dad was uh like all Tuff ever wanted to be was a jockey. A jockey. But he got too <laughs> but he got too big. Yeah, right. He got, so he got over hundred and five pounds. Exactly, right? <laughs> he got he put put any meat on his bones and he yeah. was he was screwed. Yeah. No, that's that's cool, man. Um all right, so and this, this like pains my heart, but we're just going to talk about it. Mm. You ended up at OU. Yeah. <laughs> now, I I remember the days when you and Tom were playing and, uh, you know, you, you know how it is with fandom and sports. It's like, oh, yeah, you no, get, that was, that you was get, in Texas. yeah, you get like, it's funny because you, it's just like everybody hates the Yankees, right? Like, yeah. that's kind of how I felt about OU for a long yeah. time. I was just like, it's not that I necessarily had a personal grudge with anybody, but I'm, I think that not signing you was one of Mac Brown's biggest mistakes. Yeah. Go ahead and pour salt in that wound. <laughs> um, well, well, at that time, they weren't recruiting JUCO, so I went to JUCO. I, had, uh, I didn't have very many offers. I had an offer from Rice. Good school, but not a football school. Yeah, and for so, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, originally in high school, I wore number 10. I wanted to be the next <laughs> the Vince Young. Yeah. Um, you know, the quarterback position, that's, that's who you know, everybody wanted to be at that time. But, yeah, if they would have offered me in high school, I would have I went. Um, but – yeah, I mean, what's funny is that most of the OU's roster is all Texas kids and <laughs> and what the recruiting tactic is. Well, if you live in Dallas, you're closer to Norman than you are Austin. So yeah, that's, that's a good funny. point, too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably my biggest influence going to Oklahoma was my high school coach, uh, Keith Thomas. So he played receiver there okay. uh, back with Switzer, I think, when they won the national 84, 85. Yeah, yeah. That's when he was there. And, yeah, it took me up recruiting. And so I was still at JUCO. I was like, well, I'm about to walk on somewhere uh, if I can't get an offer. But – TCU ended up offering me like right before camp, late July, right right when uh, fall camp starting up, and uh, and OU offered me right at the tail end. So um, that's why I chose them. But yeah, I mean, yeah. out of high school, I would have loved to go to Texas because uh, yeah, just all the history and yeah, not not far down the road. I love that. Or even Texas A and M. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy, crazy how, <laughs> crazy how things works. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so. In high school, correct me if I'm wrong, but you so you played quarterback and yep. you you played some tight end and stuff too, right? weren't yeah, you recruited? Okay, so were you recruited as a tight end? Yeah, and I, ended I up at a tight. Yeah, I was recruited as a tight end at OU. Yeah, um, but yeah, I played quarterback all throughout high school. I played my freshman year in junior college at Kilgore, um, playing uh, quarterback, and then that spring I started doing playing a little bit of both. We had some transfers, had a, like a number issue, so yeah, started doing a little bit of both and. Yeah, um, during the spring game, I had a few small – I think Southern Miss came and offered me a few, so I had a way out. Yeah. What's funny about junior college is that everybody always is, I guess, wearing the shirts of places that they'd like to go. So it's yeah. like you'll be a Kilgore playing, but everyone has like a <laughs> Texas Tech Yeah, all different types of colleges. Um, That's cool. But, yeah, man, what I, man it's, it is a gritty – it's a gritty place to go because you, you have some extreme talent and guys itching to get to Division One. So I feel like, yeah. you know, a lot of amb- ambitious people trying to get to where they want to go. So – um, you know, that's one thing that I, I do appreciate about my time there. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, th- do you feel like that that probably helped pave the way for the yeah. success of your journey, being like maybe even having to start there? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, what's crazy, my first uh, college game, I, I played against Jason Pierre-Paul. He's playing DN. Yeah. And then Levante <laughs> Davis playing linebacker at, oh, at Scott. So, like I said, yeah, the talent level, uh, I mean, a lot of these guys are they're Division One guys that maybe had an issue with grades or – Want to transfer there temporarily? You know, Cam Newton went to Bland, which was in our conference too. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, just a lot of people that are, like I'm saying, they're, they're trying to get to where they're going. But, um, yeah. Um, Doesn't make them any less hungry or anything no, like that, right? No, not at all. That's cool, man. The So when you ended up at OU – what was the transition like because just i'm i appreciate you sharing that about quarterback tight end stuff like that mm-hmm. because i think one of the biggest things that makes you so unique uh at the right tackle position and just has helped you throughout your career you're mm-hmm. so athletic for how big you are mm-hmm. you know um when when you think about the transition that you made from tight end to right tackle what was that like for you when you got to OU? i think what i think what helped me with the most of all this is that i was a basketball player growing up so i concentrated mostly on that and yeah i mean i was i was out there it was you know trying not to get my ankles broke it was it was around that and one mixtape time where people were <laughs> liking to put stuff on the internet you know guys yeah. getting getting broke off at the gym but no, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed basketball, but I feel like just the foot speed and, and kind of mimicked what I was doing uh, there. But initially, yeah, from quarterback and then my first. So, I, like I said, I got offered right before fall camp started. So, I haven't played any tight end. Now I'm throwing an OU with all these freak athletes. And, I, yeah, the first <laughs> year and a half, I was just getting my getting my neck kicked in. <laughs> it was uh, – yeah. yeah, I mean, that's really what it was. It was a learning process. And, you know, you have to develop. You're in a – um, you know, you're spending seventy percent of your time with your strength coach. So that's a lot of it. You know yeah. what it is is just developing guys. And yeah, um, whenever I got moved to tackle, uh, I actually played a little bit of DN. So I was I was around two seventy five, two eighty. So I was kind of tweening. Uh, so I played a little bit of DN uh, into my sophomore year, and actually got in a couple of games. Didn't know what I was doing much, but yeah. it, it was it was fun. And then yeah, a couple of practices later, I was uh, you know during spring they moved me to tackle and. I've been here ever yeah, since. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate you not going too hard on my longhorns here because I know back when you were still there, y'all y'all dominated us quite, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, well, it was competitive. So <laughs> I was, when I was coming, it was Colt McCoy, you know, Vince yeah. Young passed the torch to Colt. And it was always competitive. It was always OU in Texas at the showdown. Yeah. It was always yeah. they were steadily putting guys in the NFL. And I don't, I, I don't, still don't know why like Texas can't do what Alabama's doing, just with yeah. all their resources and yeah. who they are. So I know I'm just, I wonder that myself. To, we're all about to move to the SEC soon, so it may be a <laughs> get a good baptism. Fire <laughs> we we might be, yeah. yeah, we might be get, for get sure. A, get a rebirth. No, yeah, and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> so you uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember. You were drafted in 2013. 13. Okay. And at that time, there was a lot – you were drafted fourth overall, Mm -hmm. correct? Which a lot of people were like, you're a freak athlete. But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you'd only started so many games at right tackle, right? Yeah. What – what you know, do you – what do you remember about that process? And, like, you know, in your mentality of the way that you've always lived your life and processed things, like Mm -hmm. did any of the noise or any of that bother you at all or did it not matter? There wasn't a lot of noise. It was like – it was still, like, pre-Instagram. Oh, that's true. That's true. People might have had MySpace back back in those days. Uh, But, no, it was – it really wasn't a whole lot of noise. I, I just I don't really, really remember dealing with the media a whole lot until I got to Philly. Like, OU's a is a big a big market, a big powerhouse. But uh, yeah, I was just so busy trying to learn my way and um, yeah, really soaking in my time. Um, you know, the little bit of time that I had left. But yeah, I just saw, what I do remember is that it all went by very fast. Yeah, it was a very fast process. Like once the season ended, you're doing combine training, and then 
the senior bowls where I, where I made, I think, most of – you know, they knew I was a good athlete, but they wanted to see how it translated against guys from the SEC all over the country. So that was the, the thing that propelled me the most, I believe. For sure. And then – and it's this is just – this is a punching bag session for me, but you got drafted by the Eagles, mm-hmm. and I'm a Cowboys fan. Um I, I actually am a big Michael Vick fan, though. So, like, mm-hmm. when he was on the Eagles, Everybody I did was. keep up with yeah. it, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but, man, you know, what is what is it like? Uh, you know, you were a part of one of the, in my opinion, one of the biggest rivalries in college football, UTOU. Mm-hmm. And then now I think one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL yeah. is Philly and Dallas, right? What is it like to be a part of those two and, and to be on the wrong side? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been on the wrong side before, too. Uh, i <laughs> I don't know. It's really cool to see how much people care about what you're involved in. You yeah. know, people love football. They love rodeo. They love the physicality of it. There's only a few people doing it. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like people love it. I mean, it's it's America's pastime. But, yeah, I just – I really didn't – you know, OU's, um, I think, capacity is like 85,000. But I think at the fair, it's like close to 100,000. It's yeah. just all divided. It smells like cow shit there. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fair yep. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time I walked out of the tunnel and I'm warming up. That's why I'm still at tight end. Uh, Peyton Manning was there. Holy Talking moly. to one of our coaches. Yeah. I think he used to coach in Indianapolis. But that was cool seeing him. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is kind of what you know football's all about. <laughs> it's so, the big deal. Yeah. It, it yeah. was you know, it's back when we had Bradford and, and Texas had yeah. Colt. And it was yeah. really, you was know. A battle. <laughs> it was a battle. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, yeah, the, the rivalry was very intense at that time because both um, everybody was playing at such a high level. For sure. And, you know, and I guess speak to this a little bit, but what's the difference in the rivalries of uh, how you feel like rivalries are kind of embraced at the college level? Do you feel that at the pros or is that more of kind of well, a media driven yeah, thing? No, I feel it. It's it's definitely where, where the where you're playing. Uh, Philly, yeah, they take the, the Cowboys, the Giants <laughs> and the Commanders now. Yeah, it's yeah. there's a lot of fights. <laughs> you you got to be careful going uh, going out to the parking lots after those games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, people, they, they get intense. They they love their football. But, yeah, I mean, I learned that pretty quickly when I got to Philadelphia, uh, just, you know, what, what sports in general means to them. Yeah, for sure. So one of the, the cool the cool thing about the way you and I got connected is through the Lane Frost brand. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about your relationship with Stetson and the Lane Frost brand because I feel like kind of that um, – you know the things that you're doing as as an athlete and an influencer type person yeah. like you you know it kind of led you to that but then also your history and your background which we talked about with your dad's side and the rodeo side but how'd you get involved with Stetson uh yeah so my my dad he was a fan of Lane he says that he you know it's a big reason why they named me uh you know Lane in the first place but yeah, just um, I, I feel like I may have seen him on Instagram early. I think yeah. um, him starting, he was starting to sell hats, and but he wasn't very far away. So I was like, well, you know, we're here in the summer at, uh, where we were training. Uh, come stop by any time, and you know, I'm doing pretty intense workouts. But Stetson came in there and kind of earned the stripes. He did everything we did. Got on that assault bike. We we did. We tried to torture his ass pretty good. But he, you know, he even came back for seconds the next day. And so, uh, That's cool. you know, after that, uh, you know, it just started to – it was really cool seeing from where he started out to what it's become. And, yeah. You know, just him forming the proper relationships, uh, doing business the right kind of way. 
And I feel like that's, you know, everybody involved, that's the reason why it's really taken off, uh, you know, at the level that it has. Absolutely, man. And I know, you know, you and Tom are good buddies with him, and there's a lot of good dynamics and relationships that even we're forming with y'all now. Yeah. Talk a little bit about you pour in to, you know, Lane, big thing for Lane was the legacy that I left behind and, yeah. and how he treated people and brought people in. And that's, yeah. since I've gotten to know both you and Tom, that's been one of the coolest things yeah. that I've noticed about y'all is that like y'all care and you want to help young guys yeah. and you want to set them on a path for success. Can you just, I know that it's not open and stuff like that yet, yeah. but you know, talk a little bit about just kind of what y'all are wanting to do and some of these camps and different things that you do. Yeah, well, I think, you know, why the Lane Frost brand is so big is just people remember the kind of guy he was. Obviously, he was super talented, that, you know, that was what he did, but that wasn't who he was. Uh, I think he loved his community, he loved his friends, and he loved uh, he loved the young generation and teaching guys, you know, new ways and, you know, enriching their lives with wisdom. And, and really, that's what he, I think, lived for and lived by. Um, but, yeah, just, uh, you know, now I'm on the back half of my career, I see – you know, kind of the O-line world, just technology in general. Um, you know, as, as many negatives as it has, it also has a lot of positives. So you can reach a lot of guys, I feel like, uh, connect to a lot of kids. So, yeah, just my whole, I guess, future goal um, whenever I get done is just to train guys, um, whether it be high school, college pros, um, you know, and see where that leads to. But yeah. really developing young uh, young man, and, you know, it's a way to kind of live through people. It's like, you know, my high school coach helping me where I get, and you know, you kind of plant your seeds and and watch them grow, kind of uh, so to speak. But yeah, I think that's my calling. But absolutely, um, yeah, just being around guys and 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 to help and to help young people. Absolutely, man. And you know, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, and I kind of want to I want to nerd out with you a little bit here because yeah. this has always been one of the fascinating things you you were talking about. You kind of you were just alluding to kind of the quickness and the the mentality and the way things happen, mm -hmm. but you know, you and I have gone back and forth a little bit about bull riding before. Yeah. When you watch bull riding and you know what you do operating, mm -hmm. you know, on one side of the line and all that, and your plays last a certain amount of time and different yeah. things. Talk to me a little bit about your, when, what do you see? Because you're a fan of bull riding, but yeah. I think you have a super unique perspective because of what you do. Uh, yeah, both both sports are all about balance. They're trying to not to lose their balance. I'm damn sure not trying to lose mine. Yeah. Uh, you have super strong things that are trying to knock you off balance. Uh, with them, it's it's really like a dance. Um, they're trying to, you know, avoid getting tossed this way or that way, but but staying centered. But I think what's similar between the two is like each play is kind of similar to like a bull ride. You have you know five to eight seconds of focus where you're you got to be fully engaged with what you're doing, and then you know the time's over. So you really have a few crucial moments to you know wrap in all the training, everything in such a small. So that's what I like about it and. You know, obviously my sport's dangerous, but, you know, it's a whole, whole other <laughs> level when you get to, the, you know, the rodeo thing. Yeah, for sure. So it's cool because we actually – we went to the rodeo last night and one of – we were filming and stuff, and one of our good buddies, he got, he got bucked off last night. So – but we came back and he was like, hey, did you get it? Because he knows that I film slow-mo. And mm -hmm. we, we kind of talked through and we walked through, like, what he was doing and how he got out of position and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How – as a as an athlete when you so i want somebody as elite as you to 
kind of explain and kind of verify this, but these guys are athletes, right? These rodeo competitors, oh, the yeah. the amount of energy and effort and physicality and stuff. Can you kind of talk about the dynamics of just the athleticism that it would take to do something like they do? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find something to compare it to. It's it's really it goes down to balance and body control, and obviously you got to have really strong hands and really strong. It goes down to having a strong core. Yeah. Um, that's really it goes what it goes down to. My coach always talks about the combine. He's looking for guys that have excellent quickness and body control. So yeah. being able to be explosive and also being able to be rigid at times. So for sure. Uh, but JB Mooney has a good quote. You're not going to out muscle a damn two thousand pound bull. So <laughs> nope. uh, yeah, I mean, in his in his uh, secret was bouncing on a on a med, on a medicine ball. It's yeah. as stupid standing as it, on as it. May he looked him bouncing on that thing and smoking cigs. Uh, hey, he might have been accomplishing a whole lot more than what everybody else thought in the first place. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely, man. Um, what, you know, what does – you you talked about the future with training guys and different mm -hmm. things like that. What are some of the things that, you know, Super Bowl champ, all pro, mm -hmm. pro bowlers, all those things, all the accolades, right, the, the contracts and different things that, you know, are all out there. But, like – what are some of the big goals that you still have left to check, or are there some still? Uh, yeah, I'd like to win another one. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I'm, my, my time now, I just, uh, you know, as you know, time moves on. And so uh, the younger guys, I feel like we have a lot of – we have a good culture in Philly. And so mm -hmm. I think to pass that down, it was kind of like, you know, it was inherited to me whenever I got there. And I feel like a lot of it, the uh, reason why we have a lot of success is just the vets do a good job of – coaching the young guys, uh, developing them, helping them. And then whenever, you know, their time is now that they're able to capitalize. And like I said, I feel like the culture that Philadelphia's had is it's had the history of that with their players. For sure. And, uh, yeah, like I said, man, it's a very unique place to play and a special place. Absolutely, man. Well, normally we'd probably keep going, but we do have a lot of fan-submitted questions. Mm. <laughs> so let's dive in on some of these. Um, so – so somebody asked, I think you alluded to this, uh, Bryce asked, what's more dangerous in your mind, football or bull riding? Uh, well, bull riding. I'd yeah. say there's – yeah, there's a lot more, yeah, uh, danger to that. Yeah. <laughs> Most of it, yeah. But they don't have any pads. I mean, they, some of them wear helmets. But, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. Trey, Trey asks, are you a hunter? And if so, what is your favorite hunting memory so far? I like to hunt down good restaurants on the freeway. No, I, uh, <laughs> then what was that yeah, best hunting no, trip? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I've done a little bit, of, a little bit of everything. I've done turkey hunting, uh, but usually growing up, uh, my uncle had a ranch there in South Texas, so yeah. um, I would shoot all the dinks, the ones that needed there to be killed. Yeah. You know, um, so usually had a certain number they had to take down uh, for the year. So that, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, really mostly that. I mean, I like to dove hunt, but. Really, since I've been playing football, it kind of runs into deer season and kind of messes all it up. So for sure, um, that's kind of why I got into fishing a little bit more. Yeah, um, Chase asks, "What is the hardest hit you've ever taken in the NFL, if you can remember?" Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I know you're usually the one kind of dishing it out, but I'm sure some guys have taken yeah, a run there was, at you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not the hardest hit, but it was a funny one. I think it was like my rookie year. We're playing Green Bay, and I think I went up. I was doing a combination block, so we're running power to my mm -hmm. side. And I went, got a good, uh, 
movement on the down guy on the D tackle, but I was a little bit high when I went to linebacker and AJ Hawk just flattened me. <laughs> <laughs> I was on my toes and he just speared me right through my through oh, my chest gosh. and <laughs> flat back me. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Um uh Carson asks, what is your favorite fan interaction that you've had or something that stood out to you? Uh, just I think the people in, in uh, Philly, you know, whether you be in a restaurant or something, or these people have tattoos of the Super Bowl on them, you know. Some people <laughs> oh even gosh. have, like, the dog mask on them. So seeing some of that, you just you realize how serious people are about their <laughs> sports. So, yeah, seeing the tattoos and yeah. stuff like that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, all right. Let's see. Ty asks, what is your favorite field to play on? Mm. And I guess this is a spinoff of that, grass and turf. Yeah, grass is a lot more absorbent. Uh, like turf looks clean, looks nice. But I feel like everybody wants to play on grass just because you don't feel like trash the next, you know, yeah. next couple of days after. Um, I mean, obviously, I love playing at home at the link. Yep. But I like playing at um, – I like playing at Lambeau there in Green Bay. Very cool. That's, that's cool. I don't like the tunnel. It's a super long tunnel. Speaking of, uh, Detroit has maybe the longest tunnel to get into the game. It's like a half mile. Their new stadium the or the yeah, old one? Oh, okay. the new one. Dang. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty tough tread, and you'll, you'll hear some cuss words usually at halftime. <laughs> it's like, uh, they're trying to wear us out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, good, good tactic by them. So, Lindsay asks, you and Jason Kelsey are hanging out. What are you doing for fun? Uh, <laughs> doing music. a cute fo- cute photo shoots yeah cute or? photo shoots <laughs> in our in our sometimes with uh with towels sometimes nothing at all uh <laughs> now we like to fish uh we'll do that we like to go out and eat bs we, we'll go watch movies uh yeah really just chill uh I, well, we like to spend time outdoors so i think that's be that's one thing we like doing is doing that fly fishing very cool uh tucker asks Who's been your favorite quarterback to play with? Ooh. Man, I, I like all of them. All of them have a little bit different. Um, you know, Foles was fun in the beginning. There's nothing like Michael Vick. Um, yeah, but but having, uh, you know, Carson there, I think he helped, helped us a lot in the Super Bowl run. But, you know, what's unique about Jalen is that, you know, obviously, um, you know, how he can maneuver in the pocket, but just uh, how he's able to scamper and break, uh, you know, a third and long or – get a unique first down. He can wear down defenders, you know, late in the game with just his physicality, how he can run the ball. Yeah. But if you have a mobile quarterback like that, different defenses have different schemes for that. So some guys don't like to rush as hard or yeah. they don't want to break contain. For just sure. Like circle the pocket yep. and he can roll out left mm-hmm. or right. So I do appreciate that. Does it make uh, – blocking for, for a mobile quarterback, I mean, you're super athletic, so I think that that probably helps you. But is it a lot more challenging – or, or do you find it actually a little bit uh, easier? Well, no, it's like, you know, it's not like I'm taking anything less off my guy because my quarterback can run. I mean, yeah. it really don't change anything for me. Um, just, I think, over the course of the past three seasons, his decision-making, he's gotten quicker with some of his reads. Yeah. And so that, that's really what helps. You can, you can negate a good pass rush with how quickly you get the ball out, what type of schemes you're running. For sure. Tom Brady's a perfect Tom Brady, example. Peyton, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like whatever yeah. pass rush you have, well, they're not that great. They can't get there in two seconds flat, 2.2 seconds. Yeah. So that always helps. All right. Speaking, this is not a fan-submitted question. This is a Brad question. Okay. But you just alluded to how fast people can get there. Yeah. How hard is it to block Micah Parsons? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to catch a bobcat in a room. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Go get your hands on him, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like he's one of those guys that's so twitchy and so fast that you really have to be uh, careful with your set lines, um, creating too much space between you and the guard because he's so quick. And yeah. like I'm saying, you get any – give him uh, a little room, he can take a mile. So, yeah, he's a, a guy you have to get back and kind of let him come, you know, bring the rush to you because he's so fast. That's cool. Um, all right, Tucker asked another one. He said, "What is it? What was it like playing in the Super Bowl?" Let's we'll talk about the one you won. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, what's unique about just getting to that end of the year? It's like it, you started in July and it's already February, so it's like by the time you get to the game, it's like I'm kind of numb with the emotions. I'm not as hyped as you know what the media makes it. It's you know yeah. I got a job to do. But yeah, it's it's so cool getting there. It's such an accomplishment in itself, and then getting to play in there, and yeah, just realize kind of what it's all about. And getting to win one and lose one, you get to see the best of both worlds. But um, had a good time on both, yeah. and really good teams. But yeah, it was uh, yeah, this year was tough. I've, you know, felt like we had a good team, but it's kind of whoever had the ball. Yeah, the, I mean, the yeah, last, that's uh, that's what that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic about the future. I think we have a good chance to maybe be there in the next few years. For sure. Uh, if not next year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just cool seeing it, um, you know, it all come to fruition. Um, you know, what you're seeing from a little kid, then getting yeah. to play there. It's pretty, For really cool. sure. So, uh, kind of a play off of that a little bit. That was probably one of the coolest Super Bowls that I've ever watched. Like, yeah. You know, if you hear Jalen Hurts is going to go crazy like that and throw for that many yards and score that many touchdowns, like it's like holy moly, you know. Mm-hmm. What was that? Uh, you you alluded to it felt like whoever had the ball last. But when you uh, – I mean, how is it being on the opposite sidelines and watching Patrick Mahomes? Or let's, let's take any of these great quarterbacks, yeah. right? Y'all – obviously Jalen Hurts is coming into his own. He's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've played against guys like Aaron Rodgers and you've played against guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or anybody mm-hmm. like that. How – like, what is that like as an offense? What is your mentality when you see that and you're like, I know I'm going against this guy, you know? I mean, we know that points win, but um, we really just try to – going into a game, we try to dissect the defense. We know they're going to do a lot of different fronts. And maybe we try to do stuff for schematic-wise – bring up stuff that maybe we haven't seen. So we kind of prepare for everything. We expect the worst, and that's, that's a good quote. We expect the worst and be disappointed if they don't bring, you know, bring their best uh, <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, whenever you're playing, man, it all goes by so fast. So usually when we're on the bench and Kansas City's out there working, uh, offense is working, we're back there with our coach, you know, going down what just happened in the series, uh, you know, going yeah. down play by play. So that's really what the game's like for us. Very cool. And then the last question is from Olivia, and she said, who has been the most important person to you as far as support for your career? I mean, really just my family, general family and friends. Uh, my mom's always been there. Um, they really, I don't want to single anybody out, just really my family, yeah. they've always been supportive. Uh, and the thing was, they never really really pushed me to be in sports. It was all kind of, you know, my decision. So um, they were they were there all along. and really them and you know it takes the community to raise a child it takes a lot of people uh, to invest in, in people to get them um to their destination so yeah all all those people involved a lot of thanks to my high school coach my junior college coach coaches and yeah they all played a factor in it 
Very cool, man. Well, dude, I've really enjoyed this, and I appreciate you jumping on. If y'all enjoyed this as well, if y'all wouldn't mind, we'd love to hear your feedback. And if you're enjoying what you hear, please make sure and comment or give a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lane, anything else you'd like to say to your fans or OU fans or Eagles fans? Uh, OU, stay, stay with us. Uh, yeah, don't decide to leave when times are tough. Uh, right. Just remember Bob Stoops, uh, 41 is national championship. I think his first year was 7-5. and five, So, And then you see what greatness came uh, from him. So I'm excited about them. I'm excited about our team with the Eagles. Uh, damn sure excited about this rodeo tonight. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> so, uh, We're going to yeah. have some fun. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. But, yeah, just uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And, yeah, looking, looking for forward sure. to the future. And, and uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. And again, thank you all for listening and to the Lane Frost brand for sponsoring these podcasts for 2023 and helping us get Lane on. Without his support, we couldn't do what we love doing here for you. Make sure and go to lanefrost.com for merch and all things Lane Frost, along with all of their socials on the major platforms. Also, a big thank you to Choctaw Casinos and Resorts for their hospitality. Such an incredible place, such a short drive from the Metroplex. Lane, what are your social handles and where can people follow along with you? Uh, it's Lane Johnson 65 on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Very cool. That's it. Those are major platforms. Cool. Awesome, man. And if y'all would follow along with us on social media at Tough Draw and at Tough Draw Talks for more episodes of our podcast as we continue to bring y'all closer to the rodeo community and all those involved. Until next time, everyone, enjoy the ride. Hi.